The Marlins are looking to carry momentum into game two with the Giants going with an opener. They are using analytics. And will the analytics work today? Eliezer Hernandez will follow. Going to dig into all of that. Plus, Sandy Alcantara and Edward Cabrera starts in the last couple of days on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins. It's your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me, of course, guys, on Twitter at MiamiMarlins underscore UK. And don't forget to subscribe to the pod or the YouTube channel. If you're watching this, you can see the graphics. You know where to go. Go and hit up the YouTube channel. So, welcome to the Friday edition. There was no Thursday episode. Apologies. It is a, it's a bank holiday in the UK. We are celebrating the Queen's Jubilee. 70 years to the Queen. So it is bank holiday season, Thursday, Friday off. There's been a lot of barbecue, a lot of red wine. You can see by my teeth already I'm drinking red wine. It is, it is, you know, we're guzzling beers and wine here in the UK, having a lot of fun celebrating. But we are here with you today, Locked on Marlins Friday episode. And I have a UK goat in the house, another UK Marlins fan. Alan Witz is joining the show. Witzy, how are we doing? I'm doing good, thank you, mate. Yeah, long, uh, long time coming for this one, mate, wasn't it? For sure, absolutely. And you know, Alan's joined me previously on Fish Across the Pond for those that, that listened and followed into to that podcast. So he it's it's his he's not a he's not a virgin as such in terms of the podcasting world, but it's you know, and, and again, if those follow me on Twitter would have seen we had a an a I guess a final day extravaganza in London. Me, you, Sean, a few other guys. Uh, there was a few clips knocking around where you were guzzling beers at a real fast pace. How many beers have you had today? I'm only on to my second, mate. Only on to my second. <laughs> yeah, I had to be nervous. Got the best of me, mate. So I've had my one. And uh, <laughs> you, you fell asleep, so it gave us a bit of time to get into number two. So number two. No. There we go. That is that is true. Uh, uh, Alan is not. It's not. He's not elaborating on this. We were in touch. Should we go for the pod at seven thirty? Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I I fell fell asleep after too many champagnes. But anyway, this is not a. Uh, this is not an Alcoholics Anonymous podcast. This is the Marlins podcast, the Locked On Marlins podcast. And we've got tons to get into because we've had a doubleheader that I we haven't kind of recapped on. We've had a Sandy Alcantara start yesterday, and we also have a game going tonight. So there is absolutely tons to get into. Um, Alan, let's go back to uh, the doubleheader in cause. For yeah. me, the main, the main storyline that we really have to get into and that I was, I mean, listen, it was, it was two games, a win and a loss. Game one, though, for the Marlins, Edward Cabrera, 2022 Major League debut, and it was absolutely electric. I believe you were on a date night, so I'm not convinced you saw it live. But nevertheless, Edward Cabrera, how big is it for the Marlins to get him into this rotation and, you know, that kind of start in cause? Truly mind-blowing for me. Well, it's massive, massive, isn't it, really? Because I don't think anyone could have wanted it to go any better. I don't think anyone has foreseen it going any better because he's, he's seen his um, numbers and everything before he came up. Yeah, everyone wanted him up, wanted him up, but he had allowed a, a number of runs. His ERA was what four point four five before he came up, you know. And there's so much pressure on these young guys when they come up, isn't there? You know, yes. and all it takes is it to go a bit tits up at the start, 
and then it just keeps going. So he must have got himself into such a groove and the headspace must be right there. And he had people behind him. And then the one thing he had to keep him going was the run support. So massive, massive start for him. No doubt. You're, you're right. There was, there was a real great clip. I think it was between the third and fourth inning, maybe the fourth and fifth, one of the two. He was just strutting up and down in the dugout, like just pumping everyone. He was fully in the game, Edward Cabrera. He he literally, he wanted there to be six outs in, a, in an inning. I think he was that desperate to get more Ks and more outs. It was it was sensational, mate. Like you said, the run support came alive though, mate. You know, the bats, it's not been... It's not, it's not that it's not been good overall. It's just consistent. The consistency hasn't been there. But a lot of guys are scuttling for them to put on a big show as well. Absolutely blow the back doors, um, you know, out of out of Colorado in that game was was sensational, mate. So, you know, and, and broadly, what's been your take on this Marlins offense this year? It, it's been spotty, in my opinion. I think it's like we've always said, mate. Obviously, um, off air and all sorts of things. That there's only usually one person. Well, there's one or two guys who, who are hitting the ground running. They're doing well, but then there's nothing to help them out. So they might get on base and then it doesn't go on. It doesn't seem to uh, to work very well. So this game here, you can see, you can see just simply looking at box scores, the amount of people got on base, the hits, and well, 21 hits in total, you know. So the offense, it shows that they can do it. It's there. Even with the injuries that we've had recently, they, they can they can do it. You know, and I'm going to take this, like I said to you before we came on air, mate, is the the loss, that 7-1 loss would have hurt. I mm. mean, it it upset us as fans. Imagine what, I mean, people say that they probably wouldn't care. They would know. They would know that was a bad, bad day. Yeah. And then to have the, um, was it rained off the day after to give the yeah. double header? They, I, I would say they had a probably good talk to each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you go into this, all those runs, and it's a confidence thing, mate. Oh, yeah. I mean, they know what they're doing. You know, they could try the same swing over and over again, and it might only happen, you know, one in what was the one in 10 times it might happen. You know, it's frustrating. It's a funny old game. I'm going to throw loads it of is. cliches towards you, mate. I'm going to throw loads of cliches. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, it, it the is the, the offense could be there, mate. I mean, there's power. I mean, there is power there. I mean, if, what? Chisholm, Kubaloop, you know, then Soler, Sanchez, you know, straight off the what, 496. So it's there, you know, Aguilar. So it's uh, it's there. It's just the past few days, I think it showed the, the, the confidence. It's a big thing. Agreed. Big thing. I think that's what I've always felt with these, with you know, particularly the free, the free agent guys. It's just, you know, they're, they're brought in big money. Not major league big money, Marlins big money, and yeah. they're expected to be the dudes. They are Soler, Avi Garcia. They're expected to be. Stallings will feel pressure too. He's got to be not just a defensive stud, but he'll feel the pressure to be an offensive stud. Miggy Rowe, he'll feel the pressure. He's the El Capitan, and he's had a real sluggish start. Jazz Chisholm's embraced it, and Jazz just absolutely loves it. And you know, it didn't shock me that Jazz kind of busted the game open. I think in game one. Yeah, uh, for sure, and he's been sensational. But it's there's a lot of pressure knocking around. They've started a bit sluggish. The pitching has been there, but just you know the the offensive side has not been you know what what they'd envisioned. But 
I'm getting the sense, particularly with with Jorge Soler, that he, you know, things are coming around offensively uh, for some of these big names. And I think if they could start clicking, it's going to be really interesting. And it's yeah. funny, I was listening to Craig Misha's show, uh, Swings and Misha's, yesterday. Um, you know, with uh, you know what one of the front office on Dan Greeley. Yeah, and it was great, great to hear that conversation. And you know, Dan's take on it was that you know it, it felt this this offense was was much improved from previous years. Uh, how do you react to that? Do you see it the same way that it is much improved? It's still to be seen. It, if they did as they can do, then yes, it is. Mm. It's just the minute it's not necessarily clicking. You know, yeah. when these signings were made, everyone was excited because they know what it can be. So, yeah, it's it's upgraded. And it, like I said, the DH has also helped us. And the fact that Cooper's Cooper's able to be there, you know. Yeah. I mean, would you have Brinson back instead of Garcia? Would, would you? Would you? <laughs> no. You know, uh, no, how no. would you have? Would you have Monte back in there? You know, it's not as if again the potential was there, but they never sort of brought it out. You know, these guys once they get, like, say, Soler, he's he's coming around. He's coming around, and Garcia, he's. He was there at that press conference, you know, Sandy signed the contract, yeah, his extension, and then Garcia is right there. I mean, there's a lot of expectation and pressure on these guys. So, you yeah. know, they know what they're doing. It, it will come around. Maybe he's one of the guys who will be hot when other people aren't in a few weeks' time. And then before long, we'll be talking about someone else who's in a slump, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. much, it's much, it is very much improved. And we've had a couple of injuries recently to test our depth, you know. We're doing all right. I think we're all right. I think we are. It's it's a big thing, mate. It's um, what are people's expectations for this year? Mm. That, that's always been my thing. I mean, you're a very uh, optimistic kind of guy, <laughs> yeah. Whereas I'm a bit more of a pessimist. Whereas you know, I'm guessing what you think they're going to win is completely really different to what I think they're going to going to win this year. But yeah, it's much improved, mate. It's just it's steps, you know. Yeah. It's different steps they're going to take, so they'll be good, mate. They'll be good. Yeah, I think it's when you strip it away, and this is the thing when it got into to Craig's pod yesterday. Uh, you know, the offense is ranked. I think they said the offense was ranked like ninth overall in Major League Baseball, which kind of caught me off guard. The pitching and the defense, the defense, I think was top five. Pitching was also maybe let's say top ten. And Craig rightly pointed out on the on the show to say, well, what the hell, you know. If if the offense is that good, the pitching is that good, which we know, and the defense is is this good, what's happening? How are we not winning games? How is the record? How are we seven eight games under five hundred? Like, what's going on? So, you know, it's it's it is a bit of a this team has been head scratching. The amount of one run losses has been head scratching for sure, right? Yeah, that, that's it. that's just not the because how many how many runs have we scored in these losses and stuff? I mean, you can see it, and that, I'm gonna bring back that seven one. You know that had that one run, and then you're like. This ain't gonna go well, you know. No. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know the the stats of how, how close were we before. I mean, how many times have we lost um, by one run in later innings and stuff? Or how many times have we been having our asses kicked and then get a few runs back? Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. the one run just shows at the end. We might have good offense, but it might just be so spread, you know, so spread out, or you know. Exactly. It's it's like there's different types of one run losses, right? Where yeah. you either blow a game 
and thus you lose by one run. And that has happened. They've been walked backs, off a couple yeah, of yeah. times. Exactly. Or there's other games where you're, you know, you're seven one down, then you bring it back to seven six. You don't quite get there. They're different types of one run losses. But the Marlins are leading the league significantly with the number of one run losses this season. I think it's fifteen. And I mean that's next- impressive, isn't it? I mean some some people don't some people don't like the whole it's just bad luck. But sometimes yeah. maybe it just is. Maybe just that's that. Maybe just how it will be. You know, it yeah. sucks. It sucks for everybody involved, doesn't it? Fans, players. You know, it's just, it's a strange one. Why is it just the Marlins? That is a. Is it just the Marlins? I don't. I don't really know. I well, mean, I don't know other games and stuff, but I don't know how many other games. Who's second then? And what were losses? I know number three only only because I saw the tweet earlier, and yeah. I know the third on the list was the Phillies. And what I would say, um, having watched plenty of Phillies as well, which I do, the main the main problem with the Phillies is the bullpen is weak, and the Marlins the bullpen for me that was the main glaring thing they didn't address this year properly, yeah. and so it doesn't shock me that the Marlins and Phillies are both there. There may be other underlying factors, but when I look at this. You know, and you know, Dan talking to Craig yesterday on the pod called it out to say, "Oh well, they've explored trade options, and you know the prices are ridiculous." And I completely yeah. understand that. And clearly, it's hard to pull the trigger. There's not many Josh Haders out there. There really isn't, and the price tag is extremely high. However, what he didn't talk about was, well, what about going into the free agent market? That wasn't discussed yesterday, and that's something that they didn't do. They didn't go into the free agent market and pull the trigger on any guys. Maybe those guys weren't great. I don't know. But um, I I still think, I think all of us as fans, collectively, we knew there was a hole there. There was a hole in the ninth, the eighth, um, and they, they haven't addressed it. And lo and behold, you've had this merry-go-round of, of, of people getting save opportunities. Tanner Scott got the save yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, which is which is great to see. I mean, it was a clean inning, so that's great. Nevertheless, um, you know, Salsa's been blown up. Uh, obviously, you know, Tony Bender started the year closing and you know, he's now on the IL, but you know, it was not good from Bender. Uh, the Bassman, I, I don't think has been given any save opportunities, but he's kind of pitched well, um, which is kind of puzzling as well. Why you think why don't you give it go back to Bass? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe that's a, again that confidence, maybe that's. They know where he fits, and that's yeah. that's fine. Why break something if, if it works? Right, that's fine. You know, we'll even we'll even there. Maybe they were high. Maybe internally they were that high on Flaro being being the guy. Yeah, and maybe that's the problem. Yeah, I think or, maybe that's what scuttled them this year. The the fact that Floro just went on the IL right before the season, and maybe that's kind of set them back. I don't know. Um, but how, how much money was there available to the team though? Well, that's the other question. So, right? we, we can say this, but they, obviously they spent the money on the, a bargain they got for Sandy, an absolute bargain. Then mm. Garcia, they spent that money. You know, what? Salsa and Scott were, you know. Oh, yeah. Just, just, you know, it's, negligible. It's, yeah, exactly. So it'd be intriguing to know what money there was to be spent and, you know, can't anything been done now? Why do you have to do it? And it's, obviously, why can't you do things... Yeah, I don't know. There must be conversations being had, but like you say, I'd, like to, I'd also like to know what were the um, the prices that were being touted yeah. about. That would be that would be interesting. I think we it would obviously be. it's the it would be some some of our arms going for some of the bullpen and everything. But yeah, yeah, it's agreed. It's, the closer role. Some people like it. Some people don't. You know, souls coming out in the what was it the seventh inning? Yeah, yeah. 
I didn't have a problem with it. That was a high leverage spot. That was a pressure spot. That's the guy they wanted to do it. Obviously, it didn't. It didn't go well. Is the the nicest way to, to put that? Agreed. You know, but I'd be intrigued to see what because if, if they haven't spent this money in the off season, that means it's there to be used now and going forward and stuff. So I wonder what. Will they do it? Will they build on it towards the end of the year? I suppose it depends on what the record is by then. I guess so. If the, you know, if the record doesn't turn around rapidly, then the reality is the Marlins don't need shutdown closers. <laughs> they don't need a leverage pen because they'll be kind of cruising it. Unless they, you know, they they build for the future. They they trade for guys that you know maybe are on are in still league minimum or they're like early arb maybe. And you think, okay, great, this guy's available, but. The reality is with closers and the relievers, it's so volatile anyway. It feels like you just need to, like, in-year, make a call and go, great, let's get this guy for this year. We know he's good for this year. We'll work out next year, next year. I think that's maybe the mentality. But um, speaking about acquisitions, uh, reminder, guys, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And with spring in the air, it's a time of renewal and growth, personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. So create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to, to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Boy, oh boy. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn jobs helps you to find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right then, Alan. So we also need to go back to yesterday's game. Sandy Alcantara back on the bump for the fish. That you know they need to go on a run now. They really, really do. Like it feels like May is in the bin. June Full go. Offense has come alive. Okay, they dropped that that second doubleheader game, but offense was firing in that game as well. Sandy Alcantara going. What's going to happen here? Can the Marlins put some momentum down? Because the Giants are no pushovers. They are a tough, tough team for sure. Sandy going another seven innings for Sandy, and it was just glorious to see. He is on a run right now that I'm not sure I've ever seen before, to be honest with you, as a starting pitcher for the Marlins particularly, but it has just been seven plus for what the last six starts, you know, less than two earned runs. It is just like he is fully in the Cy Young conversation now, right? Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> him being there just gives everyone just, I don't know, it, there must be something about his aura that they tend to, you know, what he brings to the team. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, full well, you got the confidence in that guy on there. He's going to give you as much, like you said, in that. It, in an interview, wants to do what? He quite happily pitch what? 130, 150? 130, 150, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's because he doesn't want someone to come behind him and, and cock it up for him. But, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. 
<laughs> who knows? But he is your word, mate. He is a stud. He is. He really is. He's fantastic. I mean, you hear some of the commentary saying how, like, and was it Donny sort of saying he when he pitches, it's so relaxed as if he's not even trying, not even breaking a sweat. I mean, that that's a special talent. Yeah. That isn't. And to have the bargain that they've they've got him for as well, when they what they could have paid him, and what money has been thrown thrown about, you know, brilliant. And then for the the guys to go in after him and actually close it out, you know, spot on would have done him the world of good because he must it must really knock him, you know. And you you know you've done something it's like where's our bloody runs? It all seems to be him that no run support. I mean, yeah. we got we got three runs yesterday, but. Surprised that's enough to get past the Giants, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think you they've know. been scut- they have been scuttling a bit. The Giants, to be fair, they've hit a little bit of a rut. They've had a tricky road trip. This is the, the third city of a three city road trip, and so they'll be feeling it a bit, I think. But you're right, and it was the defense that came to help out. You know, it got to that seventh inning. I was surprised even came out. I think on the broadcast as well, um, Paul Severino and JP and Aaron Sebia both said, "Hey, well, he was already at 100 plus pitches after the sixth. Okay, that's probably the end for Sandy. Next thing is he rolls back out for the seventh, and you're thinking, okay, um, how far is he going to go? Um, but it ended up being a seven-pitch seventh inning, but two unbelievable grabs. Luke Williams out playing left field. I mean, Luke Williams is in left field. Top grab, though, from him. And then Miggy Rowe also, one bloops over his head, and Miggy Rowe seals it as well. So the defense stood up for Sandy, and... We know with the way he pitches, that's what he needs. He's he pitches to contact at times. Um, you know, wants to roll double plays, wants to roll, you know, weak contact, and he's so good at it. Um, but you know, listen, the, the defense stood up for him. He got through seven, and it was vintage Sandy for me. It was just it was stunning. And I loved, like you said, that post-game interview. He's jokingly saying, no, joking, he isn't jokingly saying, he's saying I could go 130, 150. I I prepare to go the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Just look at the what th- three hits, two walks, eight strikeouts. Yeah, well, you, you, that's not bad, is it? The seven innings and stuff, you know, no that's runs. Sensational. You know, and like I said, you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned those um, those grabs, you know, because if we didn't have those runs the day before, would they be making those catches? Do you know, I'm not saying that they don't have it in them, but you got that spring in your step, they're doing their, what is it? The, the drive from the Mercedes celebration and stuff. I think that's what they said, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> looks, looks sort of different to me, like milking two cows or something. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> um, would they make those catches? I don't know. They're fantastic. You do those and you, you feel 10 feet tall, you know, almost as tall as Sandy, you know, that's how tall you, you'd feel. And it gives everyone a boost. And like, yeah, okay, let's get, let's get rolling. So, Going that you know, the shutout of the Giants and everything, it leads quite nicely into today. Today is going to be a, a big game. You know, it it's is. a four game series and stuff. So today is going to be. I mean, I think we did a bit of prep before this, and uh, since then, it's uh, it's all changed. It has. It has. I'm, I'm glad I didn't spend hours doing the prep for this pod because, uh, as you've rightly mentioned, it has gone. A lot has changed. For sure. Uh, let's get into t- uh, today's game real shortly. Before we do that, reminder, this episode is also brought to you by Built Bar and it is caramel brownie season. Don't you love a chewy chocolate brownie? What about a caramel brownie with a caramel swirl on top? So good. What if I told you 
you can have all that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness, plus 17 grams of protein. Boy, oh boy, match made in heaven. You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now, and you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. That is a big call. Plus, <laughs> the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built's caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. <sighs> Best part, caramel brownie bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Like, for real, with Built, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. So... If you're liking what you're hearing, get yourselves over to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, that is LOCKED15, to get 15% off your order. All right then, Alan. Night, tonight's game, Friday night game, Marlins-Giants. And there's been a little bit of a change of schedule. So the Marlins starter is now Richard Blyer, also known as Big Dick Blyer. The Giants, they've scratched their starter. And now have, I believe, a bullpen game queued up. So it's all changed here with the with the pitchers. Um, let's start with the Marlins, though, because the expectation is, is Richard Blyer is going to open and then Eliezer Hernandez will, will follow Blyer. So you're going to have the lefty opener flicking over to Eliezer Hernandez. We know Eliezer has struggled going through the lineup more than twice. He struggled with the long ball. What's your thoughts on this decision? It's not like guaranteed, but I think the expectation is that's the approach. What's your what's your take on this one from the Marlins? Well, it's different. Makes a change, <laughs> doesn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. I, I suppose I expected Eliezer to, to start it, but only go maybe two times through mm. the through the nine and everything, and then then bring in the uh, the bullpen arms. But maybe this way will help them all out. Maybe this will give Blyer, you know, not as much pressure later on in the game, and because there's a chance for that if it does go, you know, a bit tits up, there's a chance for the team to come back fighting. You know, it's it's not all be all end all. So, yeah, maybe something a bit, a bit of a freshen up, a bit of a different approach, maybe, and you know, see where we're at. And, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, yeah. I'm very much interested in it. I hope it goes well. I'm not sure if he's been used as a manager before. He, he may well have been. I don't I know. Think it's, he, it's not... I think he has been. Maybe in the COVID year, you know, when, when they were like mixing a match in, I, I feel like maybe he did open or they bullpen, you know. I mean, the Marlins have had so many bullpen games in the past two seasons due to injuries and stuff. So yeah. I think he has done it before. But the intriguing bit for me is there's pressure on Blyer. There's pressure on Eliezer Hernandez too. The two of them... You know, it's not been good seasons for either of them. So to kind of pair them together, I like it though because the Giants are heavy platoon. They're a real matchup side. So it's like, okay, where do you go? You probably go for your, you know, your right-handed crew or the the platoon to face the right-handed pitcher. So it means that Blyer gets to have some nice matchups maybe yeah. um, at the top of the order. Ideally, he gets through it clean. Then you go into Eliezer Hernandez. Then he maybe has got the opportunity to go. You know, maybe two two plus times through the order, yeah. and you know that's I think that's the plan. Craig Mish said it to me on this pod a good few weeks ago. He said, "Listen, with Elias Hernandez, you know, maybe you need to look at an opener, try something different." You know, yeah. we've been rolling him out there game after game. Home runs are going everywhere. 
it was time to try something. Yeah, take, take the pressure off them a little bit. We've, I mean, I've got some bloody buzzwords here today, man. I really <laughs> confidence, pressure, expectation, bloody hell, that'd be me all over. Um, but I think in, in some ways he gets a, a lot of like undue stick sometimes. I'm, I'm a lie, you know. I think it was the the game against the, the D backs and stuff. They had the shift on. I think it was maybe two outs. They hit the ball down uh, down left field where the third baseman would be quite happily be stood. Mm. It would have been the end of the inning. No, but I think well, at least three runs score. I could be wrong because he ended up the game with uh, five earned runs. You know, how much does that knock knock somebody? Yeah. yeah. He could have had a really clean, you know, good and gone a few because he had a what, he had a quality starter what, the game before, maybe. Yeah, because. I picked up my fancy baseball and stuff like that. So I thought, well, <laughs> I was really, then uh, that, that shift was on and stuff. I like, put a few things on, on Twitter and stuff about it, you know. But yeah, maybe it's a different different approach for him, take some weight off his shoulders because he's not that, but we're probably lucky. He gets a lot of stick, but we're probably lucky to have him as part of our end of the rotation, that interview that Craig had and stuff like, you know. Some teams have a couple of studs and then they have. Well, they need other people to finish their rotations off, don't they? Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're still relatively lucky to have a guy like that. Yeah, there's something that needs to be, you know, ironed out maybe. But Christ, who who doesn't? Yeah, you know, we're, we're lucky to have him there. You know, it, hopefully it goes well for him. To the, maybe, maybe this is the way forward for him. You know, maybe he gets a chance to see what the batters' approach are when he goes instead of starting starting off cold. He can mm-hmm. see what. How blind gets on, and then he builds on it. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Excited, I'm so, for, you. excited for you. You make a good point too, because you know, listen, Eliezer is—he's the fifth starter, and maybe our expectations of the fifth starter are maybe a little bit too high in general. A lot of fifth starters struggle. The reality is, he is he's effective in parts, but is hurt by the long ball. It's not been his best start, but it's a healthy start. That's the other thing as well. He struggled staying on the field. So for me, if he's healthy and maybe the Marlins can figure something out, because it's clear they're leaning on, you know, more of an analytics-led decision-making process than they maybe have been. All of a sudden, maybe this is the way to go with Eliezer. Just get him to miss the top of the order in the first inning. Then he's then got the bottom part of the order top of the order, bottom part, and then back to the top. But the top of the order only sees him twice. Um, you know, then it maybe extends the, the way he can go through the game, perhaps. He, he may get the, the win from it as well, you know, because he yeah. he's coming in afterwards. And maybe that will do him good. You know, if people look at that thing and care about pitches, win-loss records and stuff, and I'm not, you know, it's... It's a bit of a funny one, isn't it, really? But the, yeah, it the may, fantasy may do. players do. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you, know, you look at I was, I was at the the um, the Cobb and Eliezer sort of comparison going on earlier on. This, you know, Cobb they've been saying all year is like, oh, he's been uh, he's been really unlucky, really unlucky. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, yeah, but Eliezer's look at his numbers; they're not too dissimilar. The same guys. Yeah, but everyone says that he's he's. Crap and all sorts of things. Where you know, has he not just been unlucky? You know. So there you uh, go. Yeah, uh, it'll go good. Yeah, you know, sometimes you wonder, like, oh, well, Mel Starmer, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about. Maybe it's just difficult to when you go every fifth day. How much practice you get in during that time before you go again? 
before you That's, go again. You know, it's, it's a good point. You don't difficult. have much time, do you? You know, you, you, you basically yeah. you just you go, you pitch your 80, 90, 100 pitches, and then you're just basically recovering and then maybe loosening and then you're back in. You don't have that much time to make kind of live adjustments. You kind of go game to game, perhaps. So, yeah, yeah it's a good point. And well, another po- point we're going on from today from the obviously I'm a starter and then Eliezer. Tomorrow we've got Pablo going. So, and after that was TB, TBC, was it? It so is still TBC. Be, so, that's interesting of how they go today. How many arms they're going to use today? Yeah. Compared to in a couple of days' time. Yeah, it's a tricky one because they've had the double header and they played the two starters on the same day. Obviously, Cabrera and Rogers both going. It, it's meant that, and obviously, Petit's out of the rotation, as is Lozado. I'm not sure what they're going to do on the Sunday. It's, an, it's going to be an interesting one. They may, the Marlins may have to bullpen game it themselves. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's UK friendly, mate, so it's not going to go well. <laughs> on a Sunday, you know that's the sand is not pitching. It's UK friendly Sunday, so it's not going to go well. So exactly, pessimist. Mate, we we've seen it for long enough. We've watched enough of these games on a Sunday. If it isn't Sandy, because listen, last year Sandy, it, Sandy was going a lot on Sundays, but the run support was never there. Sure. This year, Sandy goes on a Sunday and he's getting the wins. So that's a that's a you know a nice bonus. But if it isn't Sandy. We'll expect more pain, I guess. And let's not forget, tomorrow's game is UK-friendly as well. 9-10 our time, UK time. So we'll get to see a full Pablito game. I'm intrigued to see what they do on the Sunday. But four-game series against these Giants, if they can win this series now, let's say they take a 3-1 win. And, And listen, this game today, right now, because they've had to throw in a bullpen game, the Giants, it's there for the taking right now. If they can pitch well... They can get in. Then you've got Pablo going to follow that. The Marlins could be rolling into Sunday with a bullpen game, perhaps, but looking for the sweep, a four-game sweep, which would be, I mean, it'd be massive for these fish because they really need to get it rolling. I've seen the Phillies today, big news in in obviously Major League Baseball in general. The Phillies, similar record to the Marlins. Their payroll is more than double the Marlins, so let's call that out, but... They fired their manager today, so Joe Girardi is gone from the Phillies. They've effectively um, pumped up their their bench coach, who's taken over. Um, you know, big big move from the Phils um, to to fire their manager. You know, in early June, yeah. there's been a little bit of heat around Don Mattingly, not from the Marlins themselves, not talking about it themselves, not from the players, but just Marlins Twitter because it hasn't been like, the wins <laughs> and losses have not been there. But let's finish up on this Donny topic. Um, yeah. Are you? You're not going anywhere near firing Don Mattingly at this point, right? No chance, mate. No, no chance. Oh, no, mate. I mean, sometimes, mate, you, it's not just the manager there. You know, the players themselves need to take it, maybe take it on them. And it's not just Don. Don's not doing every, everything by himself. He's got coaches and stuff there. You know, what? Are, yeah. I'd like to know what are they doing. What, they're obviously putting the time there. I'm not saying they're not, but how much are they putting towards... Like, like, say Sanchez started off really, really hot, then dropped off a cliff, you know. But it's there. There's obviously something there for him. Mm. People know, low and away, he'll, you know, he's trying to make the ball explode, you know. <laughs> it's not Don Don Mattingly. And people say, oh, you know, I know, I know Alex, and yeah, he, good guy, and everything. He wants him to get all fired up and get out, but he's just not that, that guy. Sometimes you need someone who's going to talk to you, you know. 
people have it in their own work. You know, you've got different types of bosses. You have a guy who'll put his hand on your shoulder and talk to you, hand to man, you'll you'll feel ten feet tall. You know, if if Don Mattingly doesn't doesn't make you feel ten feet tall, I mean then the guy's a legend. You know, he knows he what he's talking legend. about, you know, you know. So no, they they can't. Who who are they going to get? People keep mentioning these names and stuff like that. I think is it going to change that? They still got the same roster and everything. I don't think it'll be. No, he's they're giving him time. He's been there for a few years. Let him see this. Let him see this out. I don't, you know, let's get to five hundred. He can. You know, if you end of this year, he gets to make a decision again. Is that right? Is end of this year? Yeah. Yeah. Contract runs to this year. So it makes no sense to go before the end of this year. You can, if they want to part ways end of the year, then they have that conversation. That's what they want to do, you know. Uh, but no, he, he he should stay. He should stay. And take a few weeks time, mate. Say we say we get to five hundred again, magically. You know, we, you know, things go on such a good roll after the past few days and the runs, and you know, and the pitch is still doing as they're doing. Will people still be saying to get rid of him? You know, it's Not sport, exactly. sports a very fickle thing, isn't it? You know, when times are good, everything's rolling, don't change a thing. When times are bad, you know, people seem to, uh, yeah, they change their mind quite quick, don't they? Like the I'm with you, I'm with you. And you only got to look ahead here. I, I, you know, listen, the Marlins could absolutely go on a run here, they'd be back at 500. This conversation about Donnie completely dead in the water. What we know is Mel Stoudemire, the best pitching coach in the game, in my opinion, Don Mattingly. He doesn't have to worry about the pitching, Don. He just focuses in on managing the club and maybe some of the hit inside. Don Mattingly, one of the best hitters there's ever been in the game and an absolute legend, a wonderful guy. Everyone looks up to Don. He has the aura about him. And the Marlins just need to just need to play better. Like you said, you bring in a new manager. They've still got the same roster. And the roster has holes in it. You know, we can't get away from the fact that there are holes in there. The front office have done a, have done a good job piecing things together the last couple of years. However, we all point to that ninth inning. It's where there was a glaring weakness. We were pointed to center field to Jesus Sanchez has done an okay job transitioning there. That Defensively, the glove has been okay. He's obviously started on fire, then slumped heavily. Um, so, But obviously, he bounced back with almost a 500-foot home run in cause. Um, so maybe that was a big kind of statement for Jesus Sanchez. But yeah. You know, listen, if they go on a run, they can do now. If they can pile into these giants that are kind of looking a bit fatigued, then you've got a series against the Nationals. Then you've got, I think, I think the Astros are in town. Then they then they take the Phillies and Mets on, I think. So they've got a decent run of games where you think yeah, it's, it's can you go month, can you go can you go series win against the Giants? Can you go series win against the Nats? Can you nick one off the Astros? We always play well against the Phillies. And we haven't seen the Mets at all this year. Who knows where the Mets will be then? Because, I mean, their rotation is down. They're heavily depleted in their rotation. I know the offense is on fire. But as we see, offense is cool and they cool quickly. And the Mets are due yeah. a little bit of a regression, in my opinion. So maybe the Marlins will catch them in a good spot. Um, you know, it's a big, big month, June. They need to absolutely hammer June. If they don't, you know, the season really is going to be cooked. If they, if they kind of drop these next, like, three, four series... I think for me that's probably the end of uh, the end of the twenty-two year, and it's kind of like look ahead to twenty-three again. But what about you? I'm already at look, look at twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not that's not a dig of how this year is going. It's more a case of you've gone from I mean, what's it what ninety-five losses last year? 
you know, and all of a sudden you want to flip that round. I mean, that's a hell of a turnaround when there's not a huge amount. Well, if essentially you bought when you've got Soler and Garcia, that's what you've that's what you've done. You know, it's just not gonna it's just not gonna happen. Build, no. build, get to that. I generally think five hundred, just over that, and then next year you go. That that's that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. You know? No, I think that's fair. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I, Let's try and enjoy this year. Let's just try and see some positives from it. You know, I mean, if we can split this series, I don't get greedy. We're gonna split this one, yeah. And then the nationals is a is a big one, mm-hmm. just because we're meant to be beating them. Do you know what I mean? I know it sounds bad, but as things are this year, mm. they're meant to be the whipping boys, not us. So we need yeah. to make sure we get that series win again, and then it, again it gets everyone up, and then what they on to. The Astros after that, you say? I think so. Yeah, they're a dangerous team, aren't they? <laughs> Tough yeah. ask against the Astros. That's what it's I'm saying. Like, well, it's two ends of the spectrum to a certain point, isn't it? You know, you're going yeah. for the Nationals straight into, so you need to make sure you hit the ground running to give yourself a chance. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the Astros, the, the key bit will be is, and this is the key thing for, for the fish in general, but when Sandy, Pablo, at least those two guys, when they're going, the Marlins will be in a close game against anyone. It doesn't matter whether it's the you know right. the Astros, the Nationals, whoever. So for that series, it'll be interesting to see how the starters line up. So it's like you almost want maybe some of your back-end pieces going against the Nats. Try and win those games. Then you've got full go Pablo, Sandy against the Astros. Then you're into the Phillies. You know, it's, it's just how the starters line up. You, you don't want to burn sandy against the Nats in some ways you you want them locked and loaded for these other games but anyway we're way over time here anyway um it has been you know no no surprise it's been long um at this episode length but never nevertheless it's been a lot of fun alan people that aren't watching this uh this episode on youtube and getting getting the graphics the benefit of the graphics let everyone know where they can follow you on twitter they should be following you another uk marlins fan we are I think we're the number one fan base in the UK, personally. I think we have the most number of, of fans of any club. The Marlins fan base in the UK is massive. But let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, it's just Wits, W-I-T-T-S 13. That's me. Usually Simple just that. putting gifts out because I'm not clever enough to write anything. So it's either <laughs> moaning about something or throwing a gift out there. So, yeah, that's where you can find me or, yeah. Sounds good. And you, you actually play the game as well, right? So who are you playing for? So this year, I'm a bit of a year off, but other than that, it's the Worcester Sorcerers. I play on words, obviously, from the Worcester Sorcerers and everything. So, yeah, a catcher for, for them, which is uh, it's great. I mean, I know Sean plays now as well. It's it's amazing. You you play, you're like, bloody hell, it's a hard game. <laughs> it, it really is. So, yeah, I encourage anyone who obviously gets in the audience that be listening to this most likely you played it but if you haven't you need to give it a go just to just to see how how good these guys really are true that is completely true you only you only truly understand if you get out there on the diamond yourself and realize how hard it is and how big the diamond is too that's the that's the thing that caught me off guard stood at third base trying to zing one over to first base it's miles it's miles away <laughs> <laughs> so 
All right, cool. Well, we are out of here for Friday's episode of Locked On Marlins. Dropping pre-game. The Marlins looking to get game two of this series in the books and get the winning streak going. They absolutely need the winning streak. I'm really intrigued to see the way Richard Blyer and Eliezer Hernandez hook up tonight. The Giants going bullpen game. That, to me, says the Marlins have a real opportunity here to take this take this game, go into Saturday's game with Pablito looking for a series win. So big, big series for the Fish. Peter Pratt, Alan Witts, two UK Marlins fans out of here on Friday. Queen's Jubilee, 70th, 70th year as the Queen. Unbelievable scenes, wine flowing, beer flowing. We'll be back on Monday, guys. Until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy this giant series. Back Monday.